stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right... They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Open Red, the official podcast of the world of Outlaws, NOS, energy drink, sprint cars. My name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision, and alongside of me always, the PR god of the world of Outlaws, Nick Graziano. I am here. I am back. What's up? How are you doing? I am great. I am a little tired, though. I uh, just spent, I think maybe, was it maybe three months at Eldora? Something like um, that. Yeah, something like that. But uh saw some good racing again. It's fun to see sprint cars again. Uh, no, I was not at a late model race. I was at a sprint car race this time. Finally back in I our know, world. So I think I, I'm not going to get fired, I think. I just want to say, you just said you saw some good racing? That's the understatement of the century. Yeah. Saturday night's 37th Kings Royal. <clears throat> which is technically the 38th time that the Kings Royal was ru- was run, was freaking spectacular. It was pretty awesome to stand there and watch that. It's easily in the top five races I think I've ever seen. Was I mean, multiple times you've gotten three wide for the lead. It was spectacular. Ugh. That save that Brad did on the backstretch, I don't know oh, it was great. how he did that. <laughs> it was great. And then you have the drama of him... Him being pissed off at his teammate James <laughs> McFadden pulling up alongside of him. Oh, it was so awesome. I was standing up on the Sprint Command Center, and uh, Brad's crew was up there. From the happened, I'm just watching, and they're just like stone faced, just watching. <laughs> and, I got, and, then they, and then when Brad went up, the James is watching. They're just watching, and then they didn't do anything. I'm like, okay, what's gonna happen here? <laughs> Listen, I know, I know that he is the top guy there. Obviously, like he is. He is the A driver at KKR if you were to go into Formula One terms. But I wouldn't want to go up to James McFadden and, and, and try to start anything. No, Especially I, if I was Brad Sweet. Yeah. James listen, Australians have uh, a reputation of uh, being rough and tumble fighters. I mean, their hobby seems to be like wrestling crocodiles. So um, I, that would not be a fair fight. No, I th- you know, you feel pretty brave when you're in the car because yeah. you just see another car looks like you. But then you get out of the car, then you see the other guy, like, mm, all right, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm okay. No, that the the power of that beard would uh, would overrun him pretty <laughs> just quick. Just beard alone. <laughs> <laughs> but it was awesome. It would I come mean, to life. Yeah, it was. Oh man, it, that was awesome. That was an incredible moment in itself, uh, in a race that was chock full of incredible moments. In a week that was chock full of incredible moments. So many. I, going all the way back to Tuesday, um, now, six or seven days ago, and one, two, three, four, five races ago, I think, if my math is correct, um, the the Brad Doty Classic at Attica Raceway Park on Tuesday was spectacular. Um some of the best racing that I've seen all year long at Attica Raceway Park. 
congratulations to Spencer Baston on getting his first career World of Outlaws win in the Brad Zody Classic, and he'll actually be joining us here in a little bit uh, to talk about that. Um, super cool for him. That was a great race. And then, you know, you move on to the next night, the Joker's Wild at Eldora Speedway. The return of the World of Outlaws to Eldora after more than a year off due to the COVID pandemic. And well, we had a couple of races in May. Oh, yeah. I'm completely wrong. Um, <laughs> I forgot about those. I return, was, uh, return for King's Royal Week at Eldora. Listen, I'm not going to lie. This And this is going to sound like a poor excuse. But uh, that day, I was uh, asking the hardest, the, not hardest, but the most nerve-wracking question of my life Um in proposing to my longtime girlfriend Catherine that day, so everything else that happened that day and that weekend was a complete blur. That's fair. For completely forgot anything happened. So we'll allow it this time. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. But yeah, I don't even know how I did forget about it. To be honest with you, I told you that's a crappy excuse. I was here the night before when uh, we tried to restart the race at like two a.m. Yeah, that was. Oh, that, yeah, that was that one we had to run two in one day again. <laughs> yeah, two in one day seems to be a theme with the, the World of Outlaws at Eldora Speedway this year. Which, hey, uh, that, while it was not an ideal scenario, the rain gave us a massively historic day in having two Kings Royals in On the one day. day. $175,000 to the winner times two in one day. That'll probably never happen again. I don't think so. I was thinking so. about that when I was standing. I'm like, you know, I don't think we'll ever see two Kings Royals in the same day again. I mean, obviously, it can happen. There's rain, but I I don't think so. Anytime I, soon. I don't think so. I mean, hey, next year they're going back to just having one Kings Royal with the return of the historical big one HBO. as part of that week. So that's super cool in itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the Joker's Wild was spectacular. Uh, Carson Macedo took the win uh, on that night. Then you get rained out on Thursday for the 38th Kings Royal. Uh, then you get rained out on Friday for the night before. The night before becomes the morning after. And then, as we said, two Kings Royals in one day, and both were awesome. I mean, uh, Saturday's day race, the 38th Kings Royal, is about the best day race you could ever ask for. And okay. then the nighttime yeah. was spectacular. And I don't think nobody means this as an insult in any way, but I think we all said when we looked at the lineup, the feature lineup for the 30th Kings Royal, we, I think we all said, okay, I think maybe Brad can get it or so-and-so can get it. I don't think anybody of us actually thought it was going to be Tyler Courtney. I don't Not think... in a bad way. Like, obviously, super cool to see it happen, but I think it was just like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, things have obviously been super busy, so scheduling didn't uh, work out to allow us to try to get uh, Tyler or Kyle in addition to Spencer for today's show, but I would love to get the chance to ask Tyler if even Tyler Courtney expected Tyler Courtney to Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, in the media center after, because uh, they bring the winners to the media center yeah. there and uh, for media to do interviews, obviously. Uh, you could just see in his face, like, he had no idea, like, what was going on, where he yeah. was kind of deal, you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't blame him at all. I mean, we... When when Ross was still part of this show, we had Tyler on, I think, in October or something last year, um, just as he was really starting to get more into his uh, winged racing. And he told us then the goal was to you know maybe get a couple of wins in 2021, but just keep learning 
because he it was so different from the rest of his background. And I mean, the month of July he's rattled off a, a a handful of All Stars wins, I believe, and then now he goes and wins the. $175,000 as the 38th Kings Royal winner. It's incredible. It's, yeah, just, I think, I don't know who it was, but uh, after, during all the victory lane ceremonies with him, someone went up to him and said, hey, we'll see you in the Outlaws next year. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, it was super, super cool to, to see him win. And, you know, I the only downside to him winning and there's really no downside as a as a fan, but if you look at it from the perspective of someone like a, a David Gravel or someone like that, who finished second to him and put up as as hard of a fight as you could put up without just taking the guy out to score the win. Well, he technically he crossed You're the right. line second. Crossed the line second was light at the scales. What was it? Four pounds. Yeah, something really small. Uh, and Tyler was. One pound above what you're supposed to be. I think it's fourteen twenty five. So he was fourteen twenty six. That I didn't recall hearing. Yeah. Wow, that's that's incredible. Um, so David crosses the line second and then yeah. finishes wherever he ended up finishing. But I mean, for someone like that who's been in like what nine or ten of these things now, and then here comes sunshine. First time ever in the King's Royal. Oh, I'm just going to win this yeah. race. You know, no, no big deal. It's like when Trevor Bain won the Daytona 500. You've got like Tony Stewart was trying to win it for like 16 years, never won it. And he's like, guys, this isn't that hard. Yeah, first time. Boom. <laughs> Winner. This isn't like that hard. Why are you struggling so much? Like Tyler Courtney's like, yeah, this isn't that hard. You know, it's really easy to win $175,000. So you guys just got to do what I did. But really, uh, if you look at Tyler's stats, he's. Kind of a veteran at Eldora. Oh, Between yeah. all the Silver Crown sure. races and midget races. He's, I think that was his 10th win overall at the track. That's crazy. Dude is... How fitting was it, by the way, to have the, a kid whose nickname is Sunshine win, win a day race yes. Kings Royal? <laughs> it's awesome. And made for some about, uh, a nice write-up. <laughs> right? Everything about... I made my, uh, my headline for the... Um, or my caption, I guess, for uh, his social replay of him winning super easy I bet, yeah. <laughs> made everything easy for all of us <laughs> but man, i mean what an awesome day awesome week like we said um an awesome conversation with spencer Baston, looking back at his win at the brad Doty classic as we said last tuesday night uh at attica raceway park um that was a ton of fun and we're gonna get to that next but before we do we're going to give you a quick word from our friends at Manscaped, because if you didn't get the message, uh, we're recording this on July 19th, if you somehow didn't get the message by now, you need to know that summer is here, and we hope that you're ready to unveil your beach body. And if you are, you're in luck, because our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. Yes, Nick, you heard that right. The 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. So join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code OPENRED20. That is right. The promo code is OPENRED20. You get 20% off your purchase plus free shipping if you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code OPENRED20. 
That is one more time, 20% off plus free shipping with the code OPENRED20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. And what are now, we getting ready for? Hawkeye Summer. Yeah, we yeah. are. <laughs> I'm going to Long Island uh, this week, probably going to the beach, and you're damn right it's Hawkeye Summer. There you go. Now, with further that. ado, <laughs> here's Spencer Baston joining us this week on Open Red. And joining us today is recent uh, first-time World of Outlaws winner, Spencer Baston. Spencer, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, first off, like I mentioned, uh, congratulations on that win. Uh, it was pretty cool. Always cool to see first-time winners in, uh, in that fashion, too. Just kind of talk about uh, what it was like uh, just getting that win, what the emotions were going through your head in those final few laps. Oh, my gosh. It was <laughs> it was a deal where, you know, we showed up at Attica and, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously, you know, rain was rolling in and everyone was kind of already loaded up just waiting for the cancellation. But, you know, the storms never seemed to hit and, you know, sun started shining, rolled, cars out, rolled the cars out. So, you know, from the get-go, it was kind of an odd feeling, Um you know, just being there and uh, obviously getting to race because at, at one point I think we all thought we were about to head out. Um, so once we got going, uh, obviously we had some good speed right out of the gate. And, um, you know, just to be able to, to get your first outlaw win is, is massive. But then again, you know, with it being the Brad Doty Classic, mm-hmm. um, with the full field of cars, you know, there was 40-some cars there that night. And it just, you know, to get that first one out of the way and for it to be a special one, it, uh, you know, it's a day that I will always remember and a day I will always be able to look back on and be really proud of. As a racer, how much does it mean to to win that race? I mean, for you know, as an outsider, you look at that race and you're like, okay, it pays $10,000 to win. It's pretty much like, you know, like any other race, that's a pretty, pretty normal payday. Um, but that race always seems to draw a ton of cars. And you always hear guys talking about how much it means to to win that race because of Brad, because of the racer that he was. So from your perspective, how much does it mean to, to win that particular race? Oh gosh. It's, uh, you know, I said it in my interview after of, you know, the legacy of Brad Doty. Um, you know, he, he not only had a career in motorsports as a driver, um, you know, he had a career outside of motorsports. He's been a huge, huge promoter of the, of the sport in the industry. Um, obviously he's always had a great face of, of, you know, the sprint car world and, um, you know, to be able to carry on his legacy, you know, years after his racing career ended, um, is pretty cool, uh, for him to then be able to put on a race at, uh, you know, the famed Attica raceway park and, uh, be able to draw that big of a crowd, you know, that many drivers want to be there in support of him and, and to be able to try to go race on and, and win his race. Uh, you know, that's what makes it truly special to me. Um, you know, it's a deal where, I'd say two years ago, I would go to that race and just pray that I could even make the show. Uh, now looking, you know, looking at us a couple weeks or last week, uh, being able to win it is just, it's, it's crazy how things change. And, you know, when, when you're surrounded by really good people like, uh, you know, Mike McGee and Kathy McGee and, and their program that they have with, with Kevin and Sammy, um, you know, they give you all the tools you need and in order to be able to go compete at a facility like that with a group like the outlaws and everyone that was involved, um, you know, everything has to line up and, and it sure did. And it all worked out. I know you also mentioned, I believe they mentioned in the interview that you were thinking of maybe stepping away from racing, maybe at least just in a full-time <laughs> fashion. What, what, uh, 
what made you come to those decisions and uh, is that still on the table? Are you still maybe looking at that or you, you think you can take off with it now? <laughs> I think, I think change, things have maybe changed here in the last <laughs> few weeks. Uh, but it was a deal where 2019, um, I really tried to branch out and, uh, branch out as in, you know, getting hired by teams to, you know, race on a full-time basis where, you know, they're hiring you based on your funding. You know, this sport has turned in such a, such a financial uh, position, which, you know, I've, I've been part of that uh, in the early part of my career, but obviously looking at it as a, a career aspect, um, you know, having to provide funding for some of these rides, it's, it's hard to justify, uh, you know, making a career out of it. Um, so <clears throat> in 2019, I tried to really make the transition and these last couple of years since then have been tough because of uh, the position you're in trying to enter a team and, and, you know, you're only bringing your seat and your steering wheel. So it's been a little bit of a struggle the last couple of years. And I think you got to the point where I thought maybe, maybe I need to, um, you know, look into other business ventures that could support, support me financially. Um, and then, you know, hopefully get to race a little bit here and there on the side. So I think my focus kind of shifted um, in the direction of making sure I can provide and, and uh you know make a good living outside so i can you know go in and have some fun driving sprint cars rather than having to stress and fret over you know what car i'm in and and how many races do i get to run how much do i get to make that kind of thing so you know when rodman said that um it was kind of a deal where yeah i talked to him and he was you know we had that conversation right in the midst of you know my struggles and uh there for a little bit i thought maybe maybe i just need to go try to find a little part-time deal just to get my racing fix in. Cause I, you know, I love running sprint cars so much. It's just, it's hard to make a career out of it, but uh, obviously, you know, with an opportunity like, uh, you know, Mike gave me um, with the 11, you know, that's a, it's a deal where he calls and he hires someone based on their ability um, in the seat. And uh, you know, he just, he believes in, in drivers and, and his team and his son, you know, runs a, a great program and, um, you know, gives us all the tools we need to be successful. And, you know, we went out and proved that, that, uh, we can be successful. So it's, uh, you know, riding on a little high right now. We've, we've been really, really good. Uh, car has been phenomenal. I feel like I've been driving at a, at a high level in comparison to my last couple of years. So it, um, you know, it feels really good. Everything's kind of coming together. So was Tuesday last week, just like a massive sigh of relief for you like getting that monkey off of your back kind of you know after going through those struggles you kind of get to remind yourself i i can do this i i've known i can do this but now i have that reminder i think so because you know through those every it seems like most mostly every uh, driver at some point in their career whether it's early whether it's late in their career right in the middle you go through one or, you know, you go through a span where you are struggling and you, you're questioning yourself as, do I really belong? Do I, can I really do it? Um, you know, do I have what it takes kind of thing? And to be able to go out and win an hour race, it, it is a big sigh of relief because, um, well, not only winning, you know, sharing before that and, and then going back and up with the outlaws, it just, it makes you feel like, okay, you, you know, it takes all questions out of your head. Um, you know, you hear things from people on Twitter and, you know, in the pits or whatever, but just between you and yourself kind of thing, you know, you know, now, okay, I can do it. It's just, I need to have all the tools that it, it takes to, to be successful. And you feel like you can now sit down at the round table and, um, you know, at least have the confidence to go out and compete. Obviously I'm a long ways away from, from a lot of these guys that are, uh, that are winning all our races, but, 
just to be able to get that monkey off your back and feel like you can, yes, take a deep breath and now relax a little bit and go out and just run hard and have fun. Um, it's a really, really good feeling. I feel like another confidence builder for you too is not just that you won the race, but if you look at who you beat, uh, right behind you there is the two-time and defending series champion, Brad Sweet. In rounding out the podium is the guy second in points who now has seven wins on the year, Carson Macedo. Fourth, no slouch either, 10-time def- uh, champion Donnie Schatz. And then fifth is someone else who's in the top five in Outlaws points, Logan Schuhart. So it's not like you just went and won a race, but you went and beat the best of the best to go and win that race too. Yes, absolutely. And it just it made it feel like it wasn't a fluke because, you know, we had some late race restarts where, you know, I, the amount of times I've, I felt like I've sat at home and watched Vision and, uh, you know, watch Brad or Logan or Carson or Donnie take a, a late race lead on a restart. Um, you know, it seems like that happens all the time. So that's obviously was running through the back of my head. And I felt like we were we were good enough to get out and run away um, like we did, as long as I just didn't screw up my restarts. And uh, I felt like we, we hit on all cylinders. You know, our first half a lap of every restart seemed really, really good. And it, um, you know, it was crucial. Obviously, those cautions fell timely to avoid some traffic. But, uh, you know, when you bunch up the field like that, you never know what's going to happen. So it was, you know, when that checkered flew and I crossed the finish line, it was just just the over, you know, overwhelming amount of joy and um just satisfaction that we did it um it's my first outlaw win it's uh you know mike mcgee kathy mcgee sam kevin it's their first outlaw win um so to be able to enjoy that with those group of of great people um with my family you know family that's been supporting me through my entire career it feels really really good now how did you get uh hooked up with those guys is it a deal they just call you and say hey do you want to come drive for us for a few races or we have this plan for the rest of the year or do you is it you reaching out to them um no they they called me um it was a deal i've talked with mike and sam before obviously in years past or we're all from indianapolis area so i've seen them around um you know at races and then you know swung by the shop every now and then just to check in see how they're doing but it was a deal where I think they were <clears throat> feeling the push to make a change. And, uh, you know, I was at the top of their list and, you know, they called and asked if I'd be willing to consider uh, running some races with them at the end of this year. And then, you know, things moved along a little quicker than expected. And it was kind of an overnight deal of, of texting, calling, seeing if I could be there the next day. And uh, so we packed everything up and took a chance and went with it. And it, obviously looking back now, it's probably one of the better decisions I've made. And, it, uh, you know, everything falls into place. Definitely. And obviously you guys, uh, kind of took off running, uh, since you got in that car, uh, a few looked like it was maybe a little bit of learning curve just to, just to get a few races together getting your, uh, feet underneath you. But now it seems like you're just kind of on a roll. Obviously you got the win and then had some decent runs, uh, during the races at Eldora finished fourth, uh, yesterday. Um, so has it been easy to, uh, just start clicking with these guys or did it take some time to maybe just kind of learn each other? Yeah, I think it took a little bit of time. Um, our first two races were pretty good. We got one or second race at Muskegon. Um, but then we went through a little stretch there where I felt like we were just kind of average and um, we were trying a few different things. Kevin was trying to get back to a baseline uh, that he was comfortable with and that seemed to suit me well. So we took a few nights there to kind of try some things and figure out some things work better than others. And 
um, you know, coming into sharing a place that they've always had a lot of success at. I knew we were going to be fast. Um, I felt like at that point we had kind of sorted through quite a bit of different types of balances on the race car. Um, so I felt like our, our notebook was pretty stout by the time we got to Sharon and, and the confidence level that the car was going to be good. I was able to go out and drive to my full ability and then obviously went in that and then Attica, another place that I've had a decent amount of laps at. Uh, I got my first all-star win there. Kevin and, and same, I've had you know multiple uh, wins there in the past. So it was kind of a deal where I think we had ironed out all the uh, minor differences that I, that we needed to have and, and then, you know, plugged it all in and went out in two races back to back were really good and then carried that over to Eldora. Um, you know, Eldora was a deal where it's a place that I've never really been that comfortable at um, in terms of racing in a wing car. It's just a, it's a deal where it's, you know, the air there is, is different when it gets slick and, you know, the just discomfort of a, a high speed place like that up against the fence when you don't know what your car is going to do. But my gosh, I've, I looking at it now, it's like, it's almost a deal. It's just another racetrack to me because of how comfortable I was. Um, you know, they had the, the car so glued into the racetrack that I was able to drive with confidence and, you know, being aggressive and, and making moves. So it, uh, you know, through these last few weeks, I felt like we've done a great job and excelled our, our process in terms of getting the car where I needed to be and where it has speed. And it's truly shown. You talk of your comfort level at a place where in the past you said you're typically uncomfortable. At what point as a driver do you start to feel that comfort level? Like, was it in hot laps? Like, okay, wow, th this car is, is really comfortable. Or was it at some point in the heats? And then how does that change your mentality of how you go about attacking the track the rest of the day or night? It's a, I think, I mean, I'm maybe different than others, but, um, at a place like Eldora, when you're in hot laps and qualifying, you're pretty locked down. Your tracks usually has some grip. Um, you're by yourself. So you're in clean air. It's really those first couple laps of the heat race where you get to see, where your car's at, uh, you know, racing around other cars, uh, behind cars in dirty air. Um, so once I, once I felt that balance, I mean, obviously we we're good and hot after qualifying felt, felt sturdy and strong. Um, but then, you know, through the heat race, uh, you know, just be able to have that comfort of your car's going to handle. I think we went six to fourth in our first heat race or whatever it was. Um, to just have that confidence. Okay. My cars is secured, stuck, I know what it's going to do. Um, you know, when I enter in behind someone, I know how to, how to handle it. And, and I know it's not going to do anything crazy. It, uh, you know, takes all question out of your head and then you can just go race. So, um, once we got that first seat race out of the way, I felt like within, we were just kind of on attack mode all weekend, um, had some good runs through the field, obviously a little misfortune running out of fuel on the day race running 22nd to fifth, but just to have that in the back of our head that man we can we can drive by some of these guys and we've got our car good enough that i can race with with them and race up front it uh it was something we could be really proud of walking away is that something that's almost a confidence builder just like a win just knowing when you have a car like that that you can go and compete with those guys and just run with them and uh does it take away any of thought that maybe one of those kind of like can I do this? Can I not do this kind of thing? Then knowing you can do this when you get the car that you need. Yes. And with it being, you know, King's Royal, it's not just, that wasn't just a, a, you know, weekly outlaw show at Eldora. Um, it was, it was the King's Royal. So to be able to have that kind of speed and be that competitive, 
uh, makes you feel like you belong. And I felt like we kind of backed up our win at Attica with a strong finish. Um, I felt like we were one of the few guys to have a really, really consistent week throughout, uh, being good every day and every night that we ran. Um, so like I said, it's, it's something that, um, something to be proud of. And it makes me feel really, really good that, you know, we can go back to Mike and Kathy who, you know, made the decision to, to bring me in and, and give me a shot, uh, to be able to, you know, make them feel like hopefully they made the right decision and we can, uh, you know, carry on this and, and keep building and hopefully we can keep going out and winning races. I want to, uh, go back to again the, the the comfort level thing and and when you notice that like I remember when I used to play hockey you know I'm I'm on the ice for 35 40 seconds at a time but I'm having a full conversation in my own head of where I got to be and what I got to do and you know a, a milliseconds basically you're ripping around Eldora running you know like I, I can't remember what it is now like 13 and a half 14 second mm-hmm, yeah. laps there flying around one of the fastest tracks that sprint cars go to how slow does a lap feel in your own head like are you talking to yourself having this sort of realization like oh that's different that's more comfortable than i'm used to here now i can attack it differently like what's going Mm -hmm. on in your head over the course of a lap or an eight lap heat race well for me it all depends on how good your car is i've been there um in times where my car was not good and it is a deal where you feel like you're going Mach 1. You feel like you can't hardly see. You're you know, out of control. You don't even have time to think about you know, racing guys around you. And then looking at it now of, of a week where my car was really stout and really stuck, I felt like, man, I, it's, it's almost slow motion to where I can really think about what I'm doing and <clears throat> pick out uh, you know, differences in my laps and the balance and angle of the car and uh, where we need to get better and – um, you know, when your car is good, it slows down. So I guess if you're comfortable on the ice and, you know, with moving around and, and, you know, you've been there, done that kind of thing, you're probably able to dissect things a little better than if it's your first time and it's just high speed, you know, high, high paced game. And, you know, it's, you're just kind of frantic. Uh, so I would say, you know, with the comfort and stability of the car, I felt like it was a slowed down and I could really think about what I was doing. And I felt like that really showed in the results. Do you feel like this is almost, it's almost like coming home, almost like uh, a com- even not just in the car, but just with your situation in general now? I know you've raced for a lot of different uh, teams and owners, uh, got the chance with uh, Roth uh, last year for a little while. Uh, but now with this, do you feel like you're somewhere comfortable that you you have some stability and will be for a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, this is the last half of the year, the races that we'll be running this is the most consecutive races I've ran in a whole season. I think, um, you know, the deal is I've never really ran a full-time wing sprint car season. I think the most I've ever ran, um, in one year was like 35 races. So, uh, you know, to be able to go just back to back in the same car, um, travel with the series with the same group of people and really build on something. I think it's, it, you know, we'll grow some more legs, as the season goes on, uh, just because you have that reoccurring relationship and, and bond with everyone in the car and my confidence level then goes up because I'm not constantly switching, you know, my seat around in different, uh, cars with different motors and chassis and crew chiefs that all give different feel and feedback. Um, so to be able to just build on one thing right now is, is huge for me. And, uh, you know, the seat time that I'm going to get throughout the end of this year is, is going to be extremely valuable. So what other races can we expect to see you at with us? 
Well, I will. Uh, I'm running the full all-star schedule, of course, and and finish out that uh, with them, and then you know on and off with with whatever we can run with the outlaws. Uh, we're going to be there, whatever makes sense. Obviously, this week we're not going to be out in Lornerville and the Grove. Um, but following, you know, the All-Star race is coming up. They've got, uh, I think we've got Peevely and then the whole Knoxville deal. And then we have some more All-Star races through the end of August. And then pretty much, I think we don't have an off weekend until after World Finals. I think we're going to try to run every single weekend. Uh, through that and, and that you know the amount of laps i'll be able to get and we'll be able to run a, a lot more word outlaw races which i really enjoy um so i think uh i think we pretty much hit everything that we can around our all-star schedule with the outlaws when they called you and hired you and said they wanted you to drive the car did they tell you any did they come in expecting something from you that they have an expectation of how to perform i'm sure uh that's helped a lot with getting the win already uh but have was there certain goals that they wanted to hit? Um, not that they said. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably a deal where, you know, I'm sure, you know, that a, a owner is not going to uh, invest into a program and, uh, you know, devote time and effort and, you know, their livelihood into a, into a sport without expecting results. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a deal where, you know, they, they kind of, you know, brought me in and said, Hey, just go out and run as well as you can and, and build as much as possible and, and see where it ends up where obviously, you know, they want you to go out and perform. But I, th- I felt like we did it right. And, and Mike didn't really put any pressure on me um, to go out and just win races and, and be faster out of the gate. He understands he's been part of the sport for a long time that it does take time and it does, it, you know, different cars and different crew chiefs that we all work different uh, together. So, um, the most important thing for an owner is providing the resources that a team needs in order to be successful. And we absolutely have that. Uh, we've shown that, uh, they do everything right in terms of giving me a car that I am comfortable in and trust with, with really good equipment and a crew chief with Kevin that uh, knows what he's doing. And then obviously Sammy there helping with the engines. You know, I feel like we all have our part and, uh, we do everything, uh, the same every night and, and, Building that relationship, I think, is is huge. So um, I don't know if there's any huge expectations getting in. I'd like to think maybe we exceeded those expectations a little bit. But now that we're, you know, now that we've accomplished what we've accomplished, I think we got to now keep on chugging. We can't get comfortable and content with where we're at. We needed to keep getting better and, and keep going out and competing and, and making that statement. So with kind of having in mind that they never – voiced their own expectations or goals before the season started if the season was to end today would you and the team look back on the 2021 year and say this year has been a success I would like to think so yeah I'm I'm glad it's not ending today because I'm excited (laughs) to keep going racing but uh it, um I think so I think you know as fast as we have shifted um you know, how we've, how we've gotten around the racetrack and, and my comfort level. I just know here in the last four weeks of the change that I've felt in the seat has been amazing. It's been a really, really good sensation just having that uh, confidence again to go out and drive hard and, and uh, you know, be aggressive. Um, and I'd like to think that, yeah, the speed that we've shown at some really, really big events here in the last few weeks has, uh, it gives us enough to be content with, but it also makes us more hungry. So, I know we're going to go out uh, guns a-blazing and, and keep firing away and, and see where we end up. 
I got one more for you, Spencer, because I was thinking about it before when you said um, after you took the checkered at Attica on Tuesday, you were just overcome with joy. Um, one of the things that we as as people not in the race car don't get to experience along with the winner is the emotions that comes on the cool down lap after a race like you do kind of on on the the pavement side of racing or the nascar side because there is no two-way radio um so we don't hear you like yelling to the team like yeah we got it done so like for you you're in that very uh isolated moment of just you and your emotions walk us through what it was like from the time that you took the checkered to getting to the scales to finally getting to victory lane and then getting to climb out and celebrate with your team in front of a packed Attica Raceway Park. Oh, man, it, uh, it's a moment I wish I could live through every day because I know any driver that's been in that position knows just that it's just all of a sudden just runs through your whole body and it's just like, oh, my gosh, it's just you just take a deep breath and it just it feels it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly the greatest feeling ever. And, um, you know, that, like you said, I'm in there by myself. I don't have a radio. I don't, uh, I'm not communicating with anyone in those, you know, few seconds after the race is over of that cool down lap of just looking up in the stands and, uh, you know, just taking it all in and, and just that, like I said, over overwhelming amount of excitement, joy, know almost not knowing what happened kind of type of feeling of that was just so insane and, and unrealistic and in your own head but then the the satisfaction of rolling across the scales and being good and then rolling on the horse track in front of the the pack stands and jumping up on the wing it's just yeah it's a day that i will always remember and it's a day that uh you know i hope everyone at some point gets to experience because it is truly one of the greatest feelings ever now, one thing uh, we also don't usually get to hear is when everybody goes and does the podium photo. Uh, was there anything, anything uh, Brad and Carson maybe said to you in that that maybe uh, you'll take away from that too? Um, Carson and I, you know, we've we've been close for a few years now, ever since our KKM days. Um, so he was he was very excited for me. You know, he's he's went through this whole ordeal uh, obviously a couple years earlier, but uh, so he knows what it's like. Uh, Brad, you know, he, obviously he's an ultra competitive person. So <laughs> it was kind of a, it was kind of a, a good job. And I asked, I said, were you close? And he didn't look at me. He said, you were good. So that was, <laughs> that was enough for me to, to feel okay. So, um, you know, I knew he was hungry and ready to get to Eldora and go chase some, some big bucks. But, uh, you know, being able to, to look at the results and see those cars, you know, four or five cars that were right behind me. And to know we were on top for that one that one night is, uh, you know, it's really, really cool. I love Brad, but for some reason the last few weeks I've been, like, visualizing him as this, like, either cartoon villain or movie villain. Like, last week I compared him to Thanos and said, like, he's just been inevitable, especially in Wisconsin. So I kind of had this, like, expectation that he was just going to be like, you darn kid, I'll get you next time or something. But, <laughs> hey, that that's even better that he was just like, nah. You're good. You were good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think I think in the back of his head, maybe he was that villain. But, uh, <laughs> no, in Victory Lane, obviously, you know, we've all been there. Yeah. We all know what it's like, and the the congratulation texts and tweets and people coming up for the days following. You know, some really really cool individuals that uh, truly know what it means 
to be able to go win your first out of the race. It, uh, you know, that was, that was one of the coolest parts, honestly, it was just the, the overwhelming amount of people that, uh, reached out and that, uh, congratulated us and kind of patted us on the back and say, well, you did it. Congrats. You you're here now kind of thing. So that's, uh, that's really cool. That does sound awesome. Well, uh, on behalf of both of us here, Spencer, congratulations on the win last week and some really strong runs at Eldora as well, uh, over those, uh, what was it? Four four days of racing. It's like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah the two yeah. weeks of Eldora Eldora Speed Weeks. It's all blended together there. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations again on the win, Definitely. and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Big thanks to uh, Spencer Baston for joining us this morning and this week. Uh, to revisit a race that happened a little while ago now, uh, a week ago at Attica Raceway Park, like we said before, super cool that he uh, got the job done, got the win that night. You know, the the Brad Doty Classic, as he said, even though it's, you know, if you kind of look at it by by pay, it's, it's just like any other race. But it's not. Uh, it's a, a really big, meaningful race that racers really want to win uh, in honor of a fellow racer in, in Brad Doty. You got a really cool helmet, too. Did you see that helmet that they won? I didn't. Yeah, you got to look that up. It's a nice replica uh, Brad Doty helmet that he got. It's really cool. Okay, I saw a picture of that on display, but I didn't realize that they were getting it. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's really awesome. I want to enter just to try and win it now. (laughs) Uh, Good luck. Yeah. (laughs) I I enjoyed um, hearing the way he spoke of finding his comfort at a place like Eldora. Uh, and and even at Attica as well, um, and just hearing how much the the lap time for him slows down in his eyes and in his mind when you get that comfort level. I thought that was really enlightening. Yeah, it's just that level of focus when you're just so in tuned with it and just everything's clicking. It's you don't feel at all that you're going as fast as you are. It makes it just you feels un- like a Sunday drive. It makes you understand why someone like. Sheldon Hoddenshield or Kyle Larson are able to make the moves that they make where we all look at it and go, oh my God, how did they pull that off? But for them, they're like, I'm just going to turn it to the left here and turn underneath them and wave at them as I go by. And oh, those are nice flowers that they have over there instead of turn one because it sounds like that's how much the lap time slows down for them, which is crazy to think about from someone who's never gotten to sit behind the wheel of a race car. It's kind of like, I think, Almost anything you're doing, if you're uncomfortable with any situation, like every, it's just like you're you're constantly thinking, like nothing feels like it's going right. It's the same with driving a car. It's it's hard to get to drive the way you need it to drive it when you're just not comfortable in it. But when you're comfortable, anything you're comfortable with and you're just doing, you just kind of get in that zone. It was super cool to hear, um, and also really cool to hear his breakdown. I thought of like the cool down lap and. The isolated emotions, like you just want to get out and celebrate with someone, but you you got to cross the scales and make sure it's even official. Yeah, because as we learned, if David Gravel would have gotten by uh, Tyler Courtney on Saturday, he wouldn't have won the thirty eighth Kings Royal anyway. Yeah, if Tyler Courtney didn't have that burger before the race, he might not have got it either. <laughs> the pizza burger comes in <laughs> handy. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, super cool. Thank you, Spencer Basin, for joining us. Uh, we'll take a look here at the finish from Tuesday night's Brad Doty Classic at Attica Raceway Park. Obviously, as we said, Spencer Basin got the win from the third starting position, picked up the $10,000 check, and apparently a really badass-looking helmet. Uh, as we mentioned uh, in the interview with him, he uh, held off Brad Sweet to take that victory. Carson Macedo rounded out the podium in third, charged up from seventh. We say charged up. You got to talk about the guy right after that finished in fourth. That's Donnie Schatz came all the way from the 22nd starting position to lock up the KSC Hard Charger Award. Uh, fifth place was Logan Schuhart. Uh, he actually uh, led pretty early, led laps one through three, and then laps six and seven before uh, fading a little bit back to fifth. James McFadden finished sixth. Tyler Courtney finished seventh. Sheldon Hoddenshield in eighth. Cap Henry in ninth, and David Gravel rounded out the top ten. Uh, the points following this race before heading uh, down the road to Eldora Speedway for the Joker's Wild. Brad Sweet still atop, of course. Carson Macedo second, 142 out. David Gravel third, 148 back. Sheldon Hoddenshield fourth, and Logan Schuhart in fifth. Now, we move on to Speed Weeks at Eldora. Yes. Because uh, that's what it ended up feeling like. Uh, the Joker's Wild was, what was that, Wednesday night? It right? was a wild Wednesday. Wild Wednesday, indeed. This is why you're a writer. That was good. That was quick to come up with that. Did you use that anywhere before that? I did not, but I uh, will in the future now. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Uh, as we mentioned, I believe at the start of the show, Carson Macedo got the win in the Joker's Wild from the sixth starting position. Brian Brown finished in second. David Gravel rounded out the podium. Kerry Madsen in fourth. Aaron Reitzel fifth. Ian Madsen in sixth. Rico Abreu seventh. Brent Marks eighth. And Paul McMahon ninth with Kyle Larson rounding out the top ten. Brad Sweet finished 11th. Sheldon Hoddenshield 12th. Donnie Schatz 13th. Uh, Gio Selzy with a... I would say an average run there, but when you think about the the quality of the field there, that's a really strong run uh, as well in 14th. Spencer Basin uh, in 15th. And uh, the lap leaders on this night, there was only one. Just one. Just one. Carson Macedo led laps one through 25. I think this... That... Which is incredible because he started in sixth. Yeah, that's... Uh, he had quite the run. Did this actually happen, or is there a typo? I can't remember this now, because it's now so far I'm, back. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I feel like we've run so many races since then that I can't remember when he actually took the lead, but I feel like... I feel like I, I feel like that race was like two weeks ago. Now. I know. <laughs> I feel like there's no way he went from sixth to first in one lap, and I don't actually remember that happening. Because I just, I read that and it sounded off to me. And then I looked at your face and I could tell that that sounded off to you as well. And we're not going to cut this crap out either. We're no. going to leave All this right. in. Go, and All right. Go to results. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do some detective work right now. Okay. And do something that okay. um should just remember, but I can't remember. It's okay. not my head. Uh, let's go to the dash. To the dash. To the dash. We're getting there. We're slowly getting there. Uh, Brian Brown won the dash. All right. Yeah. Carson finished six. He went from six to elite in first lap. Really? I don't know why I don't remember that. Probably because it felt like it was two weeks ago, but yeah. All right. Yes. Carson uh, had a great run that night at the Joker's Wild. It was a wild oh, Wednesday for Car Carson Macedo. Looking back on this, the, I mean, 
It's an absolutely incredible first lap, and now I'm trying to figure out how I don't remember this. How is this? How is this possible that we don't remember this at all? I'm I'm pulling up the highlights here, Nick. We're gonna continue our detective work. How does YouTube even work? Um, that Did, white thing with like the square things, you you push them and it brings up letters. <laughs> We're close here. We're close. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Oh, the video restarted. Why did it do that? Oh, I actually tried to skip this part, and then I brought the volume up, and up then it restarted. Nice, nice energy drink logo there. Right? Okay, here we go. The start of the race. Brian Brown, Paul McMahon, lead the field to the green flag. We are underway at Eldora Speedway. Okay, he's already Carson in second. second. And there he goes. Holy crap. Okay, that is that was not talked about enough, is the fact that he went from sixth to first uh, using lessons learned from his father to lead the first lap. That was unreal. I don't remember that at all. I don't know how. How did we all just gloss over the fact that he pulled that off? So Carson Macedo started sixth and led laps one through 25 in the Joker's Wild on Wednesday night. Um, and that's now up there as probably the best first lap that anyone's had all season long. Yeah, he just said, excuse me, coming through. Thanks. Bye. That was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> we're, if you can see our faces right now, we are both just blown away by I'm trying the fact to remember that, what, what was I doing Wednesday that, that Right. I How do this. we not remember this? We are both just blown away by the fact that we actually don't remember this happening and also blown I feel like away it was by so how impressive it was. That it's like, oh yeah, that happened. he started second? Like he took the lead so quickly and easily, you're like, he must have been right there, but no. Paul McMahon started second. Man. Carson Macedo, on behalf of myself and Nick here, we would like to sincerely apologize for completely glossing over this because you deserve a lot more respect than you are currently getting from the two of us right now for forgetting that you just made a badass move on lap one of the Joker's Wild. So this ties into what I was going to say, that it feels like uh, Carson is on a pretty good run. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Um, And they found something. And they could be a pretty good contender for Brad here, maybe. Uh, he's not letting him get away. He's doing his darndest to keep it as close as possible. Um, I know he would have loved to have had these wins be uh, the King's Royals, but in a better sense, these wins have helped him gain a little bit of points Yeah, on Brad. I mean, he got, got the win on this wild Wednesday uh, while Brad Sweet finished 11th. So that that gained him a pretty good amount of points right there. Yeah, I think he's after Sunday's win. I think he's there's not un, not under 100 yet, but he's uh, pretty close to getting there. It's much closer than it was the last time we recorded. Yeah, it's not like when, 140 or whatever. It I was. mean, we were pretty much set to write this thing off, and uh, Carson's like, "Hey, don't don't forget about us here at uh, Jason Johnson Racing. We, we we're still in this thing." Oh, how about this? 
he entered the year with six wins in total. Now he has seven wins. Yeah, spectacular. Equaled and exceeded his win record so far. In barely half a season. Yes. That's, I mean, listen. I think, I think we'll, I think we'll also see him reach double digit wins this year. I'm, I mean, at this point, I feel like that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Like, I think you'd be dumb not to take that bet. I mean, the last time we said that, it didn't actually work out that well. I don't, I'm, but. Hey, we're at least not saying he's going for a milestone or first <laughs> win or something like that. So <laughs> whether he gets it or not, he at least has seven wins already. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's got like what, 30, 39 races to, to pull off three more. So, um, which we're foreshadowing this, this uh, a little bit here. This win was actually his sixth of the season. Um, so maybe Tyler uh. Courtney gets another one here. Or I said Tyler Courtney. I mean Carson Macedo. I am putting zero respect on Carson Macedo's name today, and I am so sorry. Uh, it's it's been a, a really long week, and we're all kind of sleep deprived here. A little bit. I woke up, but then I did not actually wake up. So when I actually woke up, I'm like, oh, I need to go now. <laughs> same, <laughs> same. I did the exact same thing this morning, and then I'm like. I've got my hat on, i got my keys in my hand, and I'm looking at my bed, and I'm like, I had, that looks really nice. I want to go back to it. But we're not, uh, because... We've got more races to talk about. We've got more races to talk about here. So, um, yeah, lap leaders, as we said, Carson Macedo led laps 1 through 25. The KSE Hard Charger Award belongs to Kyle Larson for gaining 11 spots uh, on the evening. However, I think that... Should have been given a Carson for lap one, but that's not how this award works. Um, and I and I know this, but damn, yeah. By the way, Kyle Larson finished in tenth, started twenty first. That's where his eleven uh, positions gained came uh, came from. Uh, as we mentioned, the points following the Joker's Wild Brad Sweet uh, was the points leader over Carson Macedo by one hundred and twenty markers. David Gravel in third, trying to not let this thing slip away either, one hundred and thirty two points back. Sheldon Hoddenshield is fourth, two hundred and twenty four points out, and Donnie Schatz fifth, two hundred and forty four points out. Then we move on to two races uh, that where, as they would say on whose line is that anyway, the points don't matter. No. Because they show up points. It was the King's Royal Day. Anything can happen and points don't matter. Yeah. Was that was that the line? No. no it, it was, was uh, where the rules are made up yes. and the points don't matter. No, we won't go down that road. Well, I'm, I mean, listen, it depends on the context that you take it. Realistically, all rules are made up. That's fair. That's true. Right? They're made up at some point in history, yes. Exactly. They were all made up at some point. So, I mean, well, I mean, if you want to take it in the a format negative context, was made up. So, that's true there too. You go. Exactly. The rules are made up, the points don't matter. Kings Royal. Who's <laughs> Who's winning? Who's Kings Royal who's is winning, winning anyway. Uh, okay, so we ran the 38th Kings Royal first uh, on Saturday afternoon. What a time travel. 38th right. Kings Royal, 37th Kings Royal, then the night before the Kings Royal, after the Kings Royal. Right. That part was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that that part was really, really funny. If if you were like me and didn't understand why the 38th Kings Royal was taking place before the 37th, I've, I finally understood it uh, as we actually got into Kings Royal week. Apparently, last year, when the 37th Kings Royal was called off due to the pandemic. They rescheduled that one 
for Saturday, July 17th. Then decided at some point over the wintertime, maybe early spring, let's just have two. We didn't have one last year, so let's have a second one. However, all of the ticket holders from the 37th were told they're coming on July 17th. So if they were going to have a second one, it was either going to be after or before it. But you've already got these other three nights of racing, right? So then they added on Thursday, the 38th Kings Royal. That's why the 38th was before, because it was actually scheduled after the 37th was rescheduled. Hopefully that makes sense to you. It was really just to allow the ticket holders from the 37th to come on the date that they were originally rescheduled to go to. So therefore, as the microphone almost falls into Nick's face here because he uh, stepped on the stand a little bit, that was hilarious. Uh, Saved it. Wish you all could have saw that. Uh, that is why the 38th Kings Royal took place before the 37th, as it was originally scheduled to run on Thursday, but then was rescheduled to run on Saturday, and then that's why it stayed that way Saturday morning into Saturday evening. I have a quick way to say all that. That wasn't Very quick enough. Ready? Time travel. <laughs> okay, Hulk. <laughs> Perfectly not confusing. Um, so yeah, the 38th Kings Royal was run Saturday afternoon. And, and I know we were aided by the fact that we had a day and a half's worth of rain. But that was a great day show. <coughs> Excuse me. Now and my now microphone my falls. <laughs> We're just all over the place today. <laughs> I tried to mute my uh, mute my mic so you wouldn't hear my sneeze, but I'm pretty certain it still came through Nick's, and I'm I'm really sorry about that. I felt that coming throughout that last sentence, and I tried to fight it, and I didn't win. No. <sighs> all right, back to Kings Royal. <laughs> As I was saying, yes, we were aided by the fact that we had a day and a half's worth of rain that just soaked the place, but. Track-wise and racing-wise, that was about the best you could ask for out of a day show, I think. It's pretty decent. Um, I think uh, Brad Sweet might say otherwise, because he had a good chance at two Kings Royal wins this weekend, but unfortunately had a cut tire while leading. Yes, that that is uh, totally fair um, on on his behalf, to, to complain on his behalf. But if you just look at it racing-wise... Uh, and even even dust wise too. Like once the track slicked off in the feature, uh, or rubbered up rather, it was visibility was really good, and the racing was really good. It, it became in the I had say in the last seven to ten laps a little bit of a, a one lane racetrack, about two lanes off the wall, but it was still a good race. You could definitely tell when guys were trying to save tires and push a little bit because the top three were like an accordion the whole time. Yeah. They kind of close when they get to each other, they kind of fall back apart and just mm -hmm. kind of, they just did that like for the last 20 laps or so until Gravel tried to get around Courtney, but um, just didn't have enough. But even that was, uh, Tyler said at that point he was running kind of slow. So when he saw Gravel, he was like, oh, I guess maybe just a little more throttle now. Yeah. Um, it was a fun race, fun time. The only thing I felt that it lacked, and I don't know if it was the daytime caused it, but it just didn't feel 100% like it had that atmosphere that the Kings Royal has, at least not watching through the screen. Whereas later in the evening when we got to the 37th Kings Royal, it felt like from the drop of the green flag from the first heat race until the 
the crowning was over, the atmosphere just fully came through the screen for the for the King's yeah Royal. for sure. The first one, yeah, maybe just a combination of uh, the day race and just a couple days of rain and just kind of trying to get back into the groove of things. Like the, it was just, it didn't feel like that King's Royal that yeah. I remembered. But like you said, yeah, when we got to the second one, I definitely felt that more. Yeah. Um, recapping this one real quick, Tyler Courtney uh, starts second, finishes first, is crowned King Sunshine, the 38th, $175,000 richer. Danny Dietrich finishes in second, uh, courtesy of David Gravel being uh, light at the scales. Darren Pittman finishes third. Uh <clears throat> Excuse me, that's a name worth remembering as we get into the evening time. Uh, was Darren Pittman finishing third? Bale Baylog finished in fourth. Heck of a run for him uh, from ninth. Sheldon Hottenshield fifth from 23rd. Carson Macedo finished in sixth from 15th. Donnie Shots finished in seventh. Rico Abreu eighth. Brad Sweet ninth. And Brian Brown tenth. Uh, your lap leaders for the 38th Kings Royal consisted of Tyler Courtney leading laps one and 20 through 40. Brad Sweet led everything in between that from laps 2 through 19 before that right rear tire went down. Uh, and, of course, going from 23rd to 5th, your KSC Heart Charger Award belongs to Sheldon Hoddenshield with a gain of 18 positions. Uh, I mentioned Darren Pittman being a name worth remembering as we get to the 37th because he finishes 3rd in the 38th and then fails to make the feature in the 37th. Yeah, I know they had uh, a drivetrain issue earlier in the day. I think that just really hindered everything for them Mm. because he had to come through the sea. I think he made it through the sea, but then just couldn't make it through uh, the LCS. It was too bad because I interviewed him uh, after the third place run. He's pretty happy, as I'm sure you could imagine. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then I saw him after the 37th, and he just looked just so defeated. It was complete opposite. It's too bad. Yeah, I believe it. On the opposite end of that spectrum, uh, Kyle Larson failed to make the field for the 38th Kings Royal, was actually uh, upside down in turn one in the last chance showdown uh, for that race. And then not only does he make the feature, obviously, for the 37th later that night, but goes on to become King Kyle, the 37th, and take that victory. And there were a couple reasons of why that almost didn't happen. One, uh, initially he didn't, he wasn't going to text Rick about being able to stay. He was just going to, to him, he was like, oh, I, I got to go. Uh, but then I guess one night, Rick texted him something late. He goes, ah, all right, let's give it a try. I guess Rick gave him the okay. So there's, was, almost didn't even run either of them. And then uh, when he flipped in the LCS, something on uh, the chassis broke. I don't know if, what exactly. I don't think it was super major, uh, but he'd be rewilded. And he said it was, I believe, uh, Brad's dad or father, what was a connection to Brad actually came over and helped weld it back onto the car. Very cool. The behind the scenes things that uh, a lot of us fans and ourselves here watching on the screen don't get to see uh, that, that you got to see there. So that's, that's really, yeah. really cool behind the scenes story there. Uh, as we look at the finish from the 37th Kings Royal, which as I said at the start of the show was easily in the top five best races I've, ever watched in my life uh kyle larson scores the win from ninth king kyle the 37th will henceforth be how he is referred to yep so he instantly wins the king's royal but is not the reigning king's royal winner 
How about that? How about that? Even though he was the most recent one. Yep. Nope. Perfectly not confusing. Nope. Time travel. (laughs) Sheldon Hot and Shield was charging late in this one, but just didn't have enough time to catch up to Kyle's 57 machine and has to settle for second and a $20,000 payday. You finish second, you make double what you would normally make for winning an Outlaws race, and you're probably still leaving very pissed off because... uh, 20 grand is a long ways off from 175. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, it's it's a good payday. Yeah, it is. I'll take it, but that's a little ways off from 175 for sure. Even in third is Carson Macedo. He makes 5,000 more than a normal Outlaws race pays to win with 15 grand. And again, a ways off from the win. And you can see why guys do everything they possibly can do to win the King's Royal because not only do they want that crown, but that $175,000 deposit is pretty sweet as well. Uh, in fourth was King Tyler, the 38th. Uh, Tyler Courtney finishes fourth after starting on the pole for this one. And my goodness, did it seem like we were going to see something spectacular on this night that no one had ever done before because he led laps 1 through 11 after starting on the pole by winning heat race 6 and you're sitting there going there is a legitimate chance that Tyler Courtney is going to leave Eldora Speedway tonight $350,000 richer that was yeah just we're like we're looking at the heats and knowing like where you could finish where you can start depending on where you finish and I saw he's in the last heat, I'm like, he could start on the pole in this thing. And he wins. Like, yep, he's on the pole for this thing. Right and next to Jay Cottonshield, which is pretty cool, too. Which was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome in itself. Um, as we move on here, Brad Sweet finished in fifth. Uh, nice little rebound from his uh, lap two spin after contact with his teammate, James McFadden. Uh, Giovanni Selzy in sixth. Spencer Baston in seventh. James McFadden eighth. Jacob Allen finished ninth after starting 24th. That is your KSE Hard Charger Award winner right there. What a run for Jacob Allen. Danny Dietrich finishes in 10th. The aforementioned Jack Hoddenshield started second, finished in 14th in his last Kings Royal. Um, That, to me, was when you really got the full Kings Royal atmosphere to shine through was... After Jack won his heat race, heat five, which was cool in itself, but that place erupted. And then when he was introduced right at the start of his heat race interview, the place got even louder. Just awesome stuff. Those are the kind of stories you love to have in an event like that. Mm -hmm. Like It was just perfect. In the throwback Pennzoil scheme at Eldora Speedway, just awesome. And you know what was, was really cool, and I don't, know which one of our shooters had the shot but um one of our our wireless camera guys focused in on jack and sheldon during the class photo for this race and filmed them as they walked off of the stage together and just had this cool kind of private but obviously not private because it's in front of like fifty thousand people moment um, it was really, really cool. Like Jack put his arm around Sheldon, like they walked off the stage together and it's like, it was, it was like the proverbial passing of the torch. Like my, my time here at this place that was so good to me is now over. Now it's your turn to go make, yep. make, continue to make a name for yourself at this place. And he came so close to doing it. So and, I mean, could you imagine 
how cool that would have been if Sheldon would have pulled off the win, his first King's Royal win and his dad's last race at Eldora, or last King's Royal at Eldora. I think that place would have been even crazier than seeing Kyle Larson win. I don't know if we would have been able to race on Sunday. I think the place would have burned down. It, it might have, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, um, just having him finish in second, they were ecstatic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that was... That was actually one of my favorite parts of Saturday night was watch, getting getting to watch that little moment that the two of them got to have together. And like I said, I don't know if it was uh, if it was Jackson Steele who got the shot or if it was Hank Silver who got the shot, but whichever one it was, uh, kudos to them for thinking of, of getting that shot and kudos to our director, Zach Aaron, for, for taking it live as well. And... Uh, it was just really, really cool to see. Kudos to the whole Dirt Vision crew this weekend. A lot of days, a lot of hours. Uh, you guys in the studio, them at the track. A lot of stuff going on, and I think we all had a pretty good show. Yeah, it was... Uh, I've been here since the start of the 2019 season, and that, Saturday was, I think, my most gratifying day of, of working here. It was an extremely long day. We were on air at 12.45 um, with our pre-race show for the 38th and i don't even remember what time we went off air uh, we didn't go off air at the king's royal because while the king's royal was happening we had three other shows taking place uh coming coming through the dirt vision studio here so we we went even later into the evening i think i, I don't think i got home until like 2 30 um but the guys at the at the track putting in the long hours and then they were all awesome in between the 38th and the 37th filling two and a half hours worth finding compelling content we had a um i believe it was blake anderson was commentating a video game showdown on the old world of outlaws 2002 game between paul mcmahon and darren Pittman. Uh, i was so disappointed i missed that i had i was doing something during that time but i was like oh man that's so perfect because they're both Super on the game cool. yeah they played as themselves yeah. at eldora it was awesome um i, I think jackson interviewed uh the person we affectionately refer to as Drone Boy, Austin Blair, and uh, showed like how he builds and maintains his drones, where he's flying from. Hannah Rickards was great. She went into the concession stand and talked to someone who's been working at Eldora for something like 35 years, making pizza burgers and the hot cheese balls and everything. Uh, super, super cool, awesome stuff that they put on in between the show to keep you, the audience, entertained in what could have otherwise been a long gap in between the two shows yep uh it was great stuff um as a person behind the scenes i like i said i was it was my most gratifying day working here but uh going back to the race itself the lap leaders uh in the 37th king's royal tyler courtney led laps 1 through 11 and laps 16 17 and 18 james mcfadden led laps 12 through 15 and lap 19 before kyle larson took the lead on lap 20 and never gave it back uh but th man that battle though between sunshine mcfadden and larson in the midpoint of that race was spectacular just slide job city <laughs> <laughs> three wide for the lead multiple times Oh, it was so good. And then, like, you're watching them battle, and you're seeing Sheldon, like, just keep going, guys. I'm coming. Just yeah. give me a couple more laps to get there, and then I'll be there. There are a couple times he went over the cushion a little bit and just tapped the wall. I think if those couple times he didn't do that, I think he would have been so close at the end. I mean, 
Can we blame him? There was no cushion. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> oh man, that was that place was so much fun to watch uh, on that night. Um, but yeah, I, I almost I almost said, and that was it. But it wasn't. There was one more. There was one more. We ran the night before the King's Royal, the morning after the King's Royal, or technically the afternoon after. Um, the race went 31 laps due to a green-white checkered finish. And as we started the week at Eldora is how we ended it, with Carson Macedo taking the win over Brian Brown. Brad Sweet finished in third. Spencer Basin fourth. Donnie Schatz fifth. Rico Abreu sixth. David Gravel seventh. Brock Zierfoss in eighth. Lockie McHugh ninth and Wayne Johnson rounding out the top 10. Your lap leaders in the night before, Carson Macedo, uh, did not lead all of the laps like he did in the Joker's Wild. He led laps 1 through 12 and 14 through 31, with Brian Brown leading lap 13 in between. The KSE Hard Charger Award goes to Lockie McHugh for gaining 13 spots to go from 22nd to 9th. He's had quite the good few runs here really did uh to be honest with you i went from not really knowing his name to being really impressed as the week went on for sure yeah like i forgot what that first race was but i think it was one of his first races he got a top 10 with us in and he's just been strong ever since really yeah a lot of fun to watch uh and that's a heck of a run 22nd to 9th on a very difficult uh day racetrack at eldora speedway on sunday uh the points battle Carson Macedo made it a little bit tighter with that win. Uh, didn't gain a ton of points with Brad finishing only two spots behind him. Uh, but the gap is now down to 114 from Brad Sweet to Carson Macedo, who is still in second. David Gravel, excuse me, still is in third. Donnie Schatz has moved back into fourth, bypassing Sheldon Hoddenshield, who is now fifth. Slowly sneaking his way back up there. Yes, he is. Logan Schuhart is sixth. Aaron Reitzel, seventh. James McFadden, eighth. Craig Kinzer in ninth. And Brock Zierfoss rounds out the top ten in points as things currently stand as we now head eastward to the Lernerville Speedway for the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup on Tuesday Which night. Which put on one of the best shows last year. Kyle Larson, Brad Sweet, Donnie Schatz having an absolute war at Lernerville Speedway For last the July. entire race. It wasn't just like, oh, a couple laps. It was like the entire race, the three of them were going at it. I somehow had that night off last year and watched it from home, and I was very thankful I did because I had no idea how I would have cut the highlights for it without just showing the whole race. Yeah, it, I don't know how those guys did it because it was just lap after lap, just battle and battling, battling. Just. It's an absolute war, and even that's an, that doesn't even fully describe what it was. It was just an absolute thriller of a race, and hopefully tomorrow night, or whenever you're listening to it, it's tomorrow night from when we're recording it, uh, it will be the same. And then after that, uh, we head back over to the Grove for the Summer Nationals on Friday and Saturday night. Uh, you know, so. just another weekend of beating the PA Posse. <laughs> uh, for those of you Posse members who want to uh, have somewhere to direct your complaint, that was Nick Graziano, uh, and you can find him on Twitter. Yeah, uh, it's at well. Nick Graziano. I remind you that you didn't win it all last year either, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not pulling any punches uh, is Nick Graziano as we round out this show. 
Uh, if you are anywhere close to Lernerville Speedway or Williams Grove Speedway or any of the tracks that we have coming up, uh, we would urge you to go get yourself some tickets. You can do so at worldofoutlaws.com because there is nothing like seeing the greatest show on dirt in person. You will quickly learn why it is called the greatest show on dirt. Uh, and if you can't make it out in person, uh, go get yourself a platinum pass to Dirt Vision. Uh, it is our annual subscription and it lets you see every single lap of the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Season, plus the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings, Late Models, the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, the Super Dirt Car Series, Big Block Modifieds, the Beasts of the Northeast, as Shane Andrew calls them, uh, in addition to weekly racing from Attica Raceway Park, Knoxville Raceway, the home of the Knoxville Nationals, where we will be in Soon. just under a month. Jacksonville Speedway in Jacksonville, Illinois. Houston Speedway, which put on another fantastic night of racing last night. And Williams Grove Speedway as well. And I can't divulge the details on it just yet, but there is an announcement coming pretty soon on another track being added to the Dirt Vision lineup. Uh, it, in, it is one that I think a lot of people will be very happy that they'll be able to get to see um, not just weekly, but a, a couple of nights during the week, each week. I may or may not have written the release for it. I may or may not know what's going on. I may or may not know anything. Do you may or may not know when it is actually being sent out? Uh, yeah, I don't know that. All right. Uh, with all of that in mind, be on the lookout for that. Uh, we're just trying to make your Platinum Pass even more worth it. And the one thing that I didn't mention yet that makes it even more worth it is the fact that if you are a Platinum Pass holder, you already have access to the 60th Knoxville Nationals plus the 360 Nationals as well. Um, if you don't have it yet, go and do so. Uh, I mean, and look it, what you missed this weekend. Yeah. If you and it saves it, you, you a lot you of money, too. Kings Royal, you missed all those good races. You missed Spencer Basin's first win. I mean, you're missing a lot. Yeah, and you do not want to miss the granddaddy of all dirt races, the 60th Knoxville Nationals. Um, go and get it right now. Like, turn us off and just go and subscribe. That's what I would suggest you do. I mean, it's so easy. While you're manscaping, you can go get it. <laughs> You know, while you're getting ready for the hot guy summer, go get your dirt vision. <laughs> the good thing is, with the uh, the lawnmower 4.0, you won't nick yourself. If you accidentally <laughs> exactly. make a mistake while trying to multitask. Don't nick it. So, Just don't nick it. No, you don't want to do that. Uh, on that note, it is time to end. Uh, thank you all for joining us once again, as always, from Dirt Vision. My name is Rob Blount, uh, and alongside of me, the PR I God. am Nick Graziano. And until next time... Uh, we'll catch you later. Hashtag open red.